Welcome and thank you so much for joining us here at Meadows Church. My name is Casey. I just want to say if this is your first time joining us at Meadows, welcome home and also welcome to my crib. I almost feel like I should be showing you around the place, but you just need to know this is a, a two-bedroom apartment and there's not much to see. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. So I'm always thankful for when Pastor Monty gives me the opportunity to give the message. I'm usually very receptive and, and tell him right away, hey, I'd love to do it. This time I had to think about it a little bit more. Not because I didn't want to do it, but because I actually had to shower and shave and get dressed and actually do laundry. I'm thankful for my guy BK, Brandon Kinney, with his, his Jump Faith apparel. So thank you so much for him giving me this shirt to wear. And what this basically means is without faith, you cannot please God. So I just thank you for him and the work he's doing. And I'm excited for today in this message. We're actually going to be picking up of what we did last week about Easter. If you didn't know that, last week was Easter, and we learned and found out that Jesus is alive. And now we're going to find out, now what? Actually, do me a favor. Type that in the comments right now. Type in, now what? And I've had several now what moments in my life, whether it's graduating from high school, it was like, now what? Or, or graduating from college, or even when I recommitted my life to Christ and got baptized, now what? But one of the, the bigger moments, one of the moments that really comes to my mind now is when my, we had our first son, Cohen. That was about six years ago. We had our son and we had to spend some time with the NICU. Nothing serious, just more precautionary type things. We spent four days in the NICU. And it was, like, it was tough because not everybody could visit and, and, and see him. But it was great because we had such great care. The nurses were amazing. They helped us so much with, with changing diapers, with feeding. But then all of a sudden, day four happened. It was our, our D-Day, our, our dis, discharge day. And so we started packing up our things. We, we had Cohen in his car seat. We got him in the car. Amanda's in the car. I'm in the car. And I look at the nurse. I'm like, hey, aren't you getting in? Aren't you coming with us? And she looks at me and she says, absolutely not. And she started backing away from the car and just waved like this. And then I think she sprinted because she thought we were going to kidnap her. But now it was all of a sudden, it's, it's now what? What are we going to do now? We have, we're responsible for this child. So it was that now what moment. And just so you know, he's doing fine. He's six years old. He's still living and breathing. And we haven't done too much damage to him yet that we're aware of. But it was that now what moment. And maybe you can relate now because like over the last two months, there have been so many now what moments. Like for me, when I started working from home, I got my computer set up. I was all ready to rock and roll. But it was like once it was, everything was set up and ready to go, it was like, now what? I had to think of new routines, new rhythms. It was just now what? Not just that, but then my son's school got canceled, like, like many of yours. And then all of a sudden, once again, it's that this now what? Like I'm thankful he's only in kindergarten because that's by, about as high as I could ever teach. I'm thankful for the teachers. But we got all these lessons and we started doing these lessons. And, and day one, we had this whole day of lessons and we were done in one hour. So it's like, now what are we supposed to do? The parks are closed, no t-ball. So now what are we supposed to do? But not just that. So, so now, not only am I working from home, teaching my son, binge watching on Netflix, I watch all of The Office. So I don't know what to do now. Once again, it's a now what? So if you have any recommendations, please put them in the comments. I need to know what I should be watching next. And just to pause real quick, I'm pretty sure this is why Monty is having me do the message because he wanted to binge watch Tiger King. And so give him a hard time on that. I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing right now. But tell me, what, what, what should I be watching next? But not only that, like what happens now if, if I run out of toilet paper? But don't worry, I'm good, I'm covered. Every time I go to Monty's house, 
I make sure to grab a roll or two. But don't, he's probably not gonna watch this, but, but please don't tell him that. You might actually wanna reach out to him and help him out a little bit because he might be running out of uh, toilet paper pretty soon. But all these now what moments, and a lot of these are pretty, pretty, pretty funny, not very serious, but I know there's people out there that maybe are experiencing a now what moment that's a lot more serious than that. Maybe your now what is no longer able to work or your hours have been cut. Maybe your now what moment is your savings account is depleted. Your 401k is gone. Maybe your now what is you're no longer able to see family members or able to gather for church. Maybe if you were going to school, you're no longer able to go to school and you're supposed to be graduating. And now is that what now what moment? What does that look like? So in this certain time, this, in this time right now this, of uncertainty, like this question now what is, is happening a lot more. So I got to believe that disciples were asking the very same question. 2,000 years ago, their world got changed and turned upside down. They were expecting this Jesus to be the king, the ruler, to be with them forever. But guess what? He was gone now. And that's where we're going to pick up. Before we get there, I want to just kind of get us up to speed. And, and, and to do that, we need to know what, what's happening right now. So, so Jesus was on the cross. He, he, he died. He went to the tomb. They put a stone in front of that tomb. And that's where he's at. Here we are a couple of days after that. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary buy some spices they get some oils and they're going to take those and anoint Jesus' body. So they're taking these oils, these spices to anoint his body. And as they're going there, all of a sudden something happens. I need you to type something happens. Something happened. An earthquake happened. The stones rolled away. An angel appears. And the angel says this, like he is risen. He's not there. Go tell his friends. Go tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. That's where he's going to meet them. So something happened. And we're going to find out what they did. But I'm going to tell you right now what they did not do. Those oils, those spices, that anointment that they were planning on doing to Jesus' body didn't happen. It was not going to happen because the body was gone. The body that was there was no longer there. The tomb was empty, so they no longer needed to anoint that body. So the question I have is, what do they do with the spices? With the spices, Did they get rid of them? They didn't need them anymore. And here's the thing I want us to ask us in this time right now. This, I, I truly believe this is a season of change, a season that we need to ask our question, what do I need to stop doing? What should I be doing? What do I need to get rid of? Because I just, I just want you to know that holding on to the old will prevent you from grabbing hold of the new. You can't grab the new. You can't grasp the new if you're holding on to something that's old. And some of us are trying to go back to the tomb, but there's nothing there. The tomb is empty, and it's going to leave you empty. And this is a season where we can reinvent ourselves. We can reinvent ourselves in this season. So what do we need to get rid of? What do we need to start doing? Because here's the deal. Jesus' death was now old news. He was alive and he is alive. So now what? If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 28. We're going to get started in verse 8. And this is what it says. The woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, 
Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. I just want to quickly pause here because something crazy happens here. If you caught it, it said that the women were very frightened, but they were also filled with great joy. Rightly so, right? They, could be, they should be frightened. They saw this man on a cross dead. They saw this man dead in a tomb, but now that body is no longer there. He's no longer dead. He is alive. So I, I get it. They should be very frightened, right? And that's some of us today. Some of us are very frightened of what we're facing and the circumstances we're going through, and rightly so. But I want you to know that even though you're very frightened right now, maybe right now you're very afraid, but you can still be filled with great joy. What happens when you're just frightened is you become paralyzed and you, and you don't do anything. But when you feel the great joy, you keep moving forward. You keep going, just like these women kept moving. And another very interesting thing that happens here, and what Jesus says to the women, is go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers. Go tell my disciples, my followers. Go tell them to meet me in Galilee. These are the same brothers, same disciples, same friends that deserted him at the cross. I know Peter gets a lot of the credit for that, denying him, but they all did except for John. But yet, Jesus, his great love for us, says, and, and it still calls him brothers. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And look what it says in Romans 5, verse 8. It says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And then verse 11 says this, So now we can rejoice in a wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That while we were still sinners, he paid the price for us. And he raised for us. He was raised for us so that we can be made right in God's sight. So Jesus died to put our old life down and he rose to give us a new one. Jesus is alive. Love is alive. And we can be alive if we are in Christ. And that, my friends, is good news. Let's go to verse 16. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is Jesus' great commission. This is Jesus' now what statement to his disciples. This is what you are to be doing. And so he's talking to his 11 disciples and telling them, wherever you are going, whatever you're doing, make disciples. Right? Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. And I just need to pause real quick here because you know, as a church, we're trying to figure out what this means for us. Especially when it comes to baptizing. Like, we've been kind of brainstorming and, and thinking of ways that we could do this. And we have a couple of pictures we want to show you. Maybe you could vote on which one you think is best or the ones that we should do. Uh, the first one I want to show you is the, the drive-by baptism. Check this one out. That looks like fun, doesn't it? All right, so that one's the, the drive-by baptism. The next one we have here is the, the drive-in baptism. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that one at all. But the next one we have here is the dunk tank baptism. And then Monty had this great idea, um, and we shot a quick video of what it might look like. So I want you to take a look at this real quick. 
All right, Casey, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. Holy Spirit. Consider yourself baptized. Him in the head. Yeah, you got him good. He <laughs> got you in the head? I'm not so sure about that last idea of a Monty. You see that one that hit me in the side of the head? Not cool at all. But in all seriousness, like we are so thankful for what God's been doing through Meadows Church, in us and through us. Like we've had so many people give their life to Christ over the past few weekends, and we're so excited at what he's doing. But if that's you, if you've said yes to Jesus recently, if you recommitted your life to Jesus recently, your next step is baptism. And we would love to talk to you about that. We'd love to share what that means for you. And we'd love to walk with you. So please, write, type baptism in the comments right now. And we'd love to follow up with you. And as we're talking about this, so Jesus is telling them, reach them, teach them, baptize them, wash, rinse, repeat. You are my disciples. Go make disciples that make disciples. These disciples are supposed to be making disciples and they're supposed to continue on. And I just want to, want to stop real quick here again and say, I just want to thank you, everybody here that's watching as an essential worker. In this season of time, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your sacrifices. I also want to say this though, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a disciple of his, you are essential. We are all essential when it comes to the Great Commission. You are a part of that mission. You are needed in that mission. You are essential. We are all to be disciple makers. We are all to go make disciples. So you, as a follower of Jesus, are essential. So Jesus just gave his disciples their now what? And I'm sure that it appeared like an impossible task, right? To go make disciples of all nations. That's, that's so big and so broad and so huge. Like They had to be thinking, how, how can we do this? How is this even possible? But I love what Jesus says in the front of his great commission at the end of it. He says this. He says that he has been given all authority. He's been given all authority. And at the end of the great commission, he says, I will be with you always. He's been given all authority and he is always going to be with us. That's amazing. And that's how we can do what he's called us to do. Because what he's saying there is, is, is he's with us and he is for us. He is in control. He is with us. And he has just told us what we should do. He is in control. He is with us. And he has given us the instructions of how we can do what he's called us to do in this season of time and in every season of time. Say this with me. Jesus is with me. Now say, he is for me. And so if he's with me and he is for me, then we can do what he tells us to do. And he also says this, if you love me, you will obey me. And when we, we do what he says to do, when we obey what he tells us to do, that is showing love to him, which ultimately is worship. And that, my friends, is the ultimate purpose that we've been given, is to worship him. I'm going to go back to our, our, our passage that we read and, and, and so I want you to show the responses that the women had and the disciples had when they met Jesus. In verse 9, it says this, And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Verse 17 says, When they saw him, they worshipped him. So when they met Jesus, 
they worshiped him. When we meet Jesus, our response needs to be to worship him. Our ultimate purpose is to worship him. So you need to know when you love people and expect nothing in return, that's worship. When you share your story of hope and faith, that's worship. When you get in God's word and grow with others, that's worship. When we obey what he tells us to do, that's an act of love. That's us loving him. So this is a great commission. And because Jesus is in control, he is with us. We can do what he's told us to do. And that, my friends, is an act of worship. So now what? Now what? In this crazy season that we're in right now, just like the disciples were back then, like we are in the stage of uncertainty, of unknown. So as a church, as people, we need to learn how to worship outside of the church. We need to learn how to make disciples while social distancing. We need to learn how to serve people outside of the church. We need to learn how to be the church when we can't go to church. How can we worship God if we can't go to church on a Sunday? How do we do that? What do we need to do the rest of the days of the week? How can we worship Him? How can we show Him we love Him? And I want to give you a picture of what that might look like. I have a a core group of, of three guys I meet with weekly. And one of the guys there just lives this out. He is an encouragement to me. His life is an amazing example to me. But six, seven years ago, he was in deep, deep addiction. He was struggling. He found himself in rehab. Two weeks into his rehab, he met someone. He met Jesus. And after he met Jesus, his life was changed. He started worshiping Jesus. He ends up getting baptized. He starts learning what it means to obey all the things that he commanded him to do. So not only was he, his life being changed, but what he started doing is he started sharing his story, sharing his hope, sharing his faith, taking people out of their valley by, 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 by just being there with them, by serving them, and teaching them to obey as well, and baptizing people. So this is, this is an amazing example of a disciple making disciples, of someone's life that was completely changed when they met Jesus. And maybe that's you here t- today. Maybe that's you here today. You might be facing something, whether it's uncertainty, anxiety, depression, or maybe, maybe you're unemployed. Maybe the debt is mounting up. Whatever you're facing, I want you to know that you might be frightened. You might be scared. But even though you're frightened, even though you're scared, you can still be filled with great joy. That great joy comes when you meet Jesus. When you meet Jesus, he fills you with great joy. And then all of a sudden, you can keep moving forward. You're no longer paralyzed. So when you meet Jesus, something happens. And when that moment when you meet Jesus, all it says is if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So maybe that's you here today. Maybe that's you here today and you're so frightened, so scared, and you need to meet Jesus. Please type in, I choose Jesus. We want to walk with you. We want to follow up with you. We want to do life with you. So for some of you, that's your next step. Choose him. Meet him today so that you can be filled with great joy. For everybody else here, we need to be like the disciples. We need to obey what he says. So we need to do what he says. Just like I said earlier, if you love him, 
if you love Jesus, you will obey him. And that is done not by yourself. That is done not solo. We need to be in God's word. We need to be in God's word together. We need to be able to do life together. And we truly believe the best way that you can do that is in a life group. And if you're not connected, you need to get connected. We truly believe that is the best way you can learn what it means to obey Jesus and to do the things he's called us to do. And ultimately, we're here to worship him daily. No matter what day it is, no matter what's going on around us, we can worship him. No matter what chaos is happening around us, no matter what uncertainty is around us, we can be filled with great joy. And that is good news. Let me pray for us. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're for us. Thank you that all authority has been given to you and that no matter what, you are with us. Always. And God, that no matter what's going on, no matter what uncertainty we're facing, you've told us what to do. Help us to do that. Help us to obey you. Help us to love others in this time of unknown and uncertainty. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to continually look to you and build our faith in you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching today. But don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.